0: Uh, two places. You can open to Psalm 34 and Joshua chapter 4. And, uh, you know, I, I was working on my message this week, and we're in that series of messages where we're asking tough questions and answering tough questions. And I still have the, that that message um, about 90% done uh, before I abandoned it this week to, to preach this message, which isn't really a sermon in the same sense. Uh, it's just really some thoughts because... It occurred to me, and I've been thinking about it all week, and I said to Denise last night, just to test her, that this week marks a particularly strange anniversary for us. I don't know if you've realized what this week is. Does anybody know what this week is, the anniversary? Not you. Does anybody else know? <laughs> she knows, because I told her last night. She missed. She missed initially. But what, what's the anniversary? What's today the anniversary of? Anybody know? Somebody said it, closing the church, right? So this was the, the first Sunday a year ago uh, when we were closed. So Denise got, she missed it by a week. She said, no, that was last week. I said, no, we were here a, a year ago last week. That was the last Sunday. This would be the first Sunday that we actually were closed. So this marks one year, really, since we uh, stepped out into that the strange world of COVID-19. And, um, and I just thought, you know, that it would be a good thing for us to Uh, to revisit some things. I've been thinking about it a lot this week, and I wonder if you remember where you were one year ago today at this time. Anybody remember? You don't have to say it out loud, but I just wonder if you remember, because I remember vividly where I was. I wasn't here. I wasn't here in the pulpit. Um, I was walking down Sharp Road because I was so completely dejected by everything that was going on. That morning, I got over here real early. I tried to... I would put together a, a video service. You know, I learned like literally in six days how to make a service, how to do an online church service for you guys. I thought I had it under control. And then every church in the nation was trying to do it at the same time. And so everything was crashing all over the place and we just weren't able to, to get it done correctly. And I just eventually was so miserable. I came home, my family was sitting around getting ready for online church, you know, and I came home and I said, I'm, I'm going for a walk. And I just left and walked for an hour, hour and a half. I was just so miserable by the whole thing. I hated that we were closed down. I hated that um, things weren't working out correctly. Um, it was just miserable. And this week, I looked back at some pictures of Easter from last year. And uh, I do have some pictures because Uh, I wanted to remember what it was like, and I have some pictures of the sanctuary empty with just some lights up here in front and a camera up here in front on Easter Sunday, you know, just not being able to be together, and uh, it was horrible. It was horrible in so many ways. The whole experience really stunk, you know, and and, uh, preaching in an empty room, um, shutting down all of our ministries shutting down our lives in many ways really, really stunk. But we've come a long way, haven't we? And that's why I thought it, it would be almost, I think, spiritually irresponsible to move past a day that marks the anniversary of such a challenge without pausing to at least thank God for how good He's been to us. And so that's what I want to do this morning. I just want to read you two passages of Scripture And then share my thoughts with you. Uh, Psalm 34, one of my favorite psalms, a psalm that we sing from time to time. But listen to Psalm 34, verses 1 down through verse 10. I'm not going to do any exposition of Scripture this morning. Just listen to the Scriptures. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Of These words, verse 4. I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look on Him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Verse 8. This is the key verse here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack The young lions suffer want and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. God is good. Amen. God is good to us. And then Joshua chapter 4, and this passage occurred to me as well this week. Now, let me give you a bit of context before we get to chapter 4, before I read it so it makes sense to you. So when you get to Joshua chapter 4, what you're arriving at here is the entrance of Israel, the people of Israel, into the promised land. Remember what had happened to them. Remember what brought them to this point. So Moses had gone, been sent by God to Egypt to lead the people of Israel out of slavery, out of bondage to the promised land. They, They were successfully led out of Egypt into the wilderness. God was fighting their battles for them. God was providing manna, daily bread for them, giving them water to drink. He was providing for all their needs, needs, and they stand on the edge, literally. They're right there, getting ready to enter into the promised land. And then they send spies out. Remember? Send the spies out into the promised land. The Spies come back, and all but two say, what? We're not going over there. That's us just... S- settle down about this whole business of settling that land. I mean, those people are giants over there. There's things over there that, that we just can't handle. But then we had Joshua as one of the two who said what? No, 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 let's, we can go. We can do this. Joshua was faithful. But the result of that moment in Israel's history was that God said, since this generation won't trust me, all of you will die in the wilderness. This generation Will die in the wilderness. So a generation passes from when they should have entered in in faith to when they'll be allowed to enter in now. And so now they stand ready to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. And God gives Joshua a command and says, Take the people up to the the river. And as they reach the river, uh, the priest will be there carrying the ark. And as they touch, stand at the edge of the water, I will. Cause the water to stop running. So the water itself is is dammed up divinely by God. The water of the River Jordan stops and the people will pass through on dry ground. And so that's where we arrive in chapter 4. They're getting ready to pass through this miraculous moment. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. Listen to this. When your children ask in times to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. I've always loved the idea of memorial stones. Just the idea of setting up in your life places, and and for lack of a better word, just monuments in your life that remind you of what God has done, and that's what they're being told to do here. Take up twelve stones, carry them out of the Jordan, and, and arrange them in such a way so that when people see them, what would you say? I was camping with my brother last winter, and we were, uh, or, or last fall rather, and we were up in Green Ridge State Forest, and we were hiking back a trail, and we got to Fifteen Mile Creek where it crossed the trail, and we arrived at the trail in the middle of the state forest, in the middle of nowhere. And there, when we got to the uh, water's edge, there was a pile of stones built up in the pyramid. And you know what we said to each other? I wonder what those are for. You know, we want, to, we want people to ask the question, what, what is that about? Why have you set up that monument? And so by setting these up, the idea is that any time that the children of Israel then see these stones, they'll ask and they'll be able to tell what, God has done in their life. This is the spiritual discipline, by the way, of remembering the goodness of God. And I say it's a spiritual discipline because I think it's a discipline that needs to be cultivated. We're not real good at it all the time, are we? Let's just be honest. We're not real good at it. I I think that we're supposed to be, in a sense, we're supposed to be, as followers of Jesus, selective. uh, We're supposed to have selective memories. How many of you have selective memories? Husbands, how many of you have selective memories? Come on. Wives. Let me ask the question this way. Wives, do your husbands have selective memories? Since nobody wants to admit it. Husbands, do your wives have selective memories? My my wife has an amazing memory. She's like a supercomputer. She can remember things that happened 25 years ago like they were yesterday. But it's selective. You know? Right? Right? And, and me too, You ought to see the way she looks at me. But the, the, the idea of selective memory, I think it's interesting that, that they're told to set up a memorial to memorialize this good thing that God has done for them, but they're not necessarily told to remember all the failure of, the generation that came before. Don't speak of all the sin that led to this moment being delayed for 40 years. Don't dwell on those things. Dwell on what God has done instead. I like the uh, passage in Philippians where Paul's talking to the Philippian church in Philippians 1-3 and he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I'm thankful every time I remember you. I thank God when I think of you. Let's thought about that passage. Paul's Missionary journeys weren't easy. There was all sorts of difficulties, just like the Israelites. All sorts of difficulty, all sorts of trouble along the way. All sorts of things that really could cause you to look back and, and, and see a lot of negative things. And some of us are, are so good at that. Look back at the previous year. What, what happened in the previous year? And I'm almost willing to wager whatever money Denise has in her purse that we would start with the negative. Well, I thought I'd wager your money. I'm not a betting man. I just wager your money. (laughs) I almost guessed we'd figure out a way to start with something negative. But what about the good things? What about the good things that God has done? Could you say, as absurd as it sounds, could you say, I thank God every time I remember 2020. I thank my God upon every remembrance of this past year. In order to say that, you have to choose to remember the good things God has done and let go of the difficulties you've suffered. That's the only way you can do that. And so here we have the children of Israel remembering the goodness of God, setting up memorial stones in order to remember what God has done. And so for us today, what I'd like to do, and I almost went next door, I got some big rocks out behind the shed, and I almost brought some over today and just thought, let's just build a little memorial this morning, memorial stones, so that we can remember every time we look at it. Maybe this would be a good, uh, Nick, I want to task the youth for this, make us a memorial of God's goodness. And I'll put it up here. I really will. I'll put it up here so we can remember the goodness of God. Youth, are you up to the task? All right. Make us a memorial of God's goodness so we can remember the good things that God has done. And let me just share with you a few things as I look back, as we celebrate not the closure of a year ago, but as we celebrate the Goodness of God. What can we remember? Well, first thing. First thing. He has kept us alive. I mean, now you might think, well, that's hyperbole or that seems a little dramatic. But I'd say that anyway. Virus or no virus. If you're here today, the only reason you're here today is because the Lord Jesus Christ holds all things together by the power of His will and the power of His might. And everything finds its being in Him. And so if you're breathing, and I suspect you are, even though sometimes when I preach, it looks like some of you are dead, I, I, I suspect we're all alive and all breathing, and if you are, then the only appropriate response to that is to say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me another day, for giving me another breath. I, I, I do think, though, that we have to be honest. You know, whatever, however you feel about it, however you feel about what we've been through, I do think that we have to be honest about the truth that many people lost their lives this year unexpectedly. Many people suffered Through horrible illness this year, we have a good friend who's still suffering. Months, months of suffering. Still having to deal with not being able to breathe appropriately. Some of you in this room who've uh, who've contracted COVID and who've recovered, praise God, but you're still suffering symptoms, various symptoms. I remember when I preached the sermon on March 15th last year about why we were going to shut down for a few weeks. Remember that? We thought it would just be two, three weeks. And, um, and I mentioned in that sermon that there had been, at that point, no deaths in Maryland, and there was one in Virginia. I don't know if you remember, I, I just mentioned that morning, that the night before I'd heard of the first recorded death in Virginia. At that point, not very many deaths, but this, as of this morning, 541,000 deaths attributed to covid so, when we think about the past year, why not start with thinking, thank you, God, for keeping me alive day by day. Thank you for sustaining my life. Psalm 66, verse 8 and 9. Bless our God, O peoples, let the sound of His praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. That, that's the appropriate, uh, the appropriate posture of the child of God towards his God is, thank you, God, you have kept my soul among the living. You have given me life, and I thank you for it. So I look back over the past year, and I think of that. I think also about the good that he's given us. He's helped me. I don't know if you can say this is true. i speak for myself here. He's given me new perspective on the things that are really important in my life. And uh, this is just a byproduct of, not having the things that you normally have. How many of you a year and a and a a year and two weeks ago were running around like an insane person? Anybody just me? Like seriously, we would be running around doing softball, this at Glenell and, and then up at HCYP, and then uh friends going here and friends coming to the house and us being involved in other things and then uh, church on uh, midweek services on church and cooking dinner for the church. And I'll just tell you, it was like everything that we were involved in in our life and at the church, we just were running nonstop, never had time to stop and slow down and think about things and then add on top of that all the things that you just like and all the things that you allow to eat up your time. Like for me, one of the things that, uh, that God revealed for me is that I have some idols in my life. Anybody else discover that? There were some things in my life that I had allowed to to take a place in my life where they never should have been. like I think of one thing and in, in, um uh, like I didn't worship this but but it did occupy a lot of my time, which was just sports, you know nothing wrong with sports by the way, like God created everything for our good, we just sometimes do things, a lot of times, do things to excess. And and uh, you know what, after a few months of no sports, no watching baseball, no watching sports, you know what I realized? I, I don't miss it. I had given myself to something, given up time in the evenings, time away from my family, given up times for things that just were so unimportant that it's almost shameful to think of how important we had let them become. And so God helped me to identify some things in my life that that were really important and some things that weren't really important. And one of the other unbelievable blessings that he gave us, one of the ways that he was good to us this past year, now some of you may not agree on this, uh, but he gave us wonderful time with our families that we may never have again. Like, I don't know if we'll ever be in a situation again where we'll be forced to just be at home with our families. And that was a wonderful blessing. And, uh, you know, I, now don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we're able to be out and about again. But it was nice to just come here, work, go home and know The only thing I have to do tonight is spend time with my wife and my children. That was a wonderful blessing. God was good to us in that way. And we could keep going on and on and on about all the little ways that God has been good to us in the last year. But let me say something about us as a church. God has been unusually good to us as a church. I mean unusually good to us. Really been an amazing thing. Like I think about all the ways that, um, that God has been good. Let me touch on the, the most, what, what we typically say is the most unspiritual thing financially. I mean, Kim, I should have just gotten the right numbers from you for this, but just correct me if I'm way off, way out in left field somewhere. But last year... Um, after being shut down for months and then re- reopening as sort of a just a, a small crowd and in um, you know ways that you just wonder will we ever even be able to weather a storm like that financially? We ended the year last year with a surplus of around two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but in that ballpark, it's amazing, amazing thing that that we were able that you gave faithfully and that we were able and we cut expenses, obviously, but God blessed us. We, it, didn't, it didn't hurt us financially. This is an amazing blessing of God. Not only that, but we're going to be able to pay our, our debt off. We're going to be debt-free. Kim, when will we be debt-free as a church? The end of May. Debt-free. Yeah. I mean, that's... Praise the Lord. Think of this, by the way, when you think of that, like uh, th- that round of weak applause. Think of this. Think of what, what we're applauding there is that when, when you give, when we're debt-free, and when you give to the ministry of the church, every penny that you give will be directly going to the ongoing ministry of Martin West Church. Amen. That's just a big deal. It's such a big deal. And so thank God for that. Thank God I sit in pastor's meetings every month and hear of churches that are struggling deeply. Uh, I, I know of pastors who are wondering literally how they'll stay open next week, how their churches will survive and all. And I think God has been unusually good to us. And our attendance, And I say attendance, what I really mean is all of you who are uh, new since COVID. There's so many, I'm looking out, and I see faces and people that are new, that have just sort of arrived since COVID. And and uh, eventually you'll get to meet the Burntwood church family, like eventually they'll be back and uh, I see like Donna Denise, you're back today. Thank God for that. that makes my day that, to see you guys back yeah but um, but we'll start seeing people come back and I just praise God for the, the the new life of our church those of you who are new parts of the church, I thank God for you, and you've been a special and encouraging uh, encouraging addition to the life of Burntwoods Church over this past year. So thank God for that. Thank God for new people, new relationships. Uh, Thank God for the new ways that He's enabled us as a church to reach the world. Some of this, most of this just goes on behind the scenes, but you know, God opened doors for us to reach the world as He did every other church. It's not unique, but to reach the world with technology that we just never would have done. We just never would have done it had we not been forced to do it. Um, but our online, online services are viewed and usually each Sunday, usually in about six to nine different states, and usually a couple of different nations across the world will engage. That's pretty cool. Our podcast that we, uh, that we uh, publish each week as of this morning had just at 7,000 downloads. And... Um, and here are the states that it consistently reaches every week. Maryland, Pennsylvania, Washington, Ohio, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, California, Nevada, Ghana, its not a state country, Ghana, Japan, Brazil. I don't even know who's in Brazil. Maybe that's Gerald and Elena. I don't know. The um, Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, just in the past year, God opened these doors to us just been amazingly good to us. And so when we think back on this past year, we can think back on it, this anniversary Sunday, we can think back and think about all the, the misery. We can think about all the, 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 the upheaval, all the things in our lives that were turned upside down. We can think of all the, the resulting uh, thing, all the things that resulted from it that have caused us difficulty or caused us struggles We can do that or we can have selective memories and we can choose instead to say, God, you have been unusually good to us this year. And so I just want us to remember, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen.